welcome to Thriving as a Physician, the podcast that teaches you to thrive in your weight loss and life while juggling a packed physician schedule, because you deserve to thrive. Each week, I share sustainable, enjoyable tools that work in your busy life so that you can reach all of your goals faster with more confidence. Everything in this podcast is backed by my experience as an obesity medicine physician, years of coaching physicians on weight loss and eating, and my own personal weight loss journey. Let's get thriving. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 241 of the Thriving as a Physician podcast, How to Lose Weight and Love Your Life. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we are going to talk about changing your weight loss experience by changing where you focus. We all have strengths and weaknesses in all areas of our life. In weight loss, we tend to focus more on the weaknesses, and I'm going to talk to you and show you tips why focusing more on your strengths will actually help you see more results in your weight loss as well as change the experience of your weight loss, make it feel better, which I think is so, so important and often a really missing piece when we're talking about weight loss and working on changing our eating. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Thrive Academy for Physicians because this month is the one year anniversary for it. I wanted to share with you why I created it. Why is it called Thrive Academy for Physicians? I've been coaching physicians for almost five years now. And Originally, I had a group program called Stress Eating SOS because my passion really is helping physicians who struggle with, I know what I should be eating, but why can't I get myself to eat it on a regular basis? Or physicians who struggle with significant stress or emotional eating or even binge eating. I love helping physicians with that. That is my zone of expertise, what I get really excited about and what I think I have really powerful tools to approach that are different than what other coaches are using. And so I offered Stress Eating SOS for a number of years, and it was great, and it was really helpful. But as I've evolved over time as a coach, as I spend more time talking about weight loss, I really think more of how we focus on weight needs to be shifted into a positive experience. We all have spent so much time working on our weight, working on trying to get ourselves just to stop eating from a negative standpoint, from a negative experience. And it becomes this thing that we carry with us through our days. And I know because I've been there, I've experienced that where working as a physician, doing all this hard stuff we do there, while also like dragging this wagon full of bricks about how you haven't figured your weight out. I realized I wanted to change the conversation. What I really love doing and what I love doing in my own life is not just losing weight. What I love helping physicians do and what I really do in my own life that's been so successful for me for managing my weight is finding ways of doing it that actually really feel good. Because a big gap, and if we're talking like the research and the evidence about weight loss, big gap is that sustainability piece, right? That really hasn't actually been figured out in evidence-based medicine yet about if people lose weight, how do they actually keep it off? There's theories, but it really hasn't been sorted out. That's been a piece that I've been really interested in in my obesity medicine practice and in my own life and in working with physicians of what matters for sustainability. 
And if you think of it from just a logical standpoint, we as humans can continue doing things that feel good. We can continue doing things that don't take a lot of energy. We can continue doing things that fit seamlessly into our lives. When we start thinking about weight loss, how do we make it feel better? How do we make it fit into our lives? How do we make it so it takes less energy, less effort, and you see more benefit, more results? It becomes a totally different conversation around weight loss. And it becomes not just about how do you lose weight? Because you could go on a meal replacement diet and lose weight. There's good evidence for that. It becomes a conversation about how do you actually do it in a way where you're going to be able to keep it off in a way where you're enjoying every step of the process. So you don't feel the same rush of, I need to get through it and I need to get to the other side so I can stop doing all this stuff that I don't actually want to be doing. I think the reason why sustainability is such an issue in our society around eating and weight is how we've been taught to lose weight. We've been taught to do things we don't want to do. We've been taught to eat food we don't want to eat. We've been taught that to be successful, we never get to eat the food we do want to eat. And we are not given skills and tools to problem solve when we are struggling with any of that, when we don't want to eat the food that we should be eating to lose weight and where we find ourselves eating the food we really want to be eating that doesn't support our weight loss. We're not given the skills or tools. And the skills and tools we are given in general make it seem like a really big job. It's like, okay, well, to be successful, I've got to be like meal prepping and have all the nice little boxes of my lunches in my fridge each week and everything has to be homemade. I really think all of that is bull poop, (laughs) for lack of better words. It doesn't have to look that way. Just because we were taught that that's how it looks, really that's us carrying forward the weight loss stuff that we were taught in the 80s. Back when, I don't know if your mom had these exercise videos of the spandex clad Jane Fonda burning off your buns or whatever. I can't even remember what it was. That's when weight loss became big. And that's where a lot of the ideas about how weight loss should work got started, including like the cabbage soup diet stuff, right? There was like that cayenne drink. It was like lemon juice and cayenne as a weight loss tool. So many different things that got started back then. Definitely low fat in the 80s hit its heyday. And our population, as the population got heavier with low fat, a lot of what we think about how weight loss should look is actually carried forward from that. And I think it's time that we just give it all up, that we really question everything that we are doing and telling ourselves we should be doing to lose weight and look for opportunities that work for you. That's what Thrive Academy is about, is giving up a lot of that diet culture nonsense, really taking the opportunity to dig in deep and figure out how to thrive in your weight loss, meaning you're eating healthy and you're losing weight and you feel really good about what you're doing. And it feels simple. And it feels like even when you make a mistake, you don't have to beat yourself up. You can just problem solve it. And you learn the skills to get through it and get back to what was working for you. That's thriving in your weight loss. And at the same time, we need to thrive in our lives more as physicians. We often aren't thriving in our lives and then expect ourselves to be able to lose weight. I think that's an unfair expectation for ourselves. We've worked hard and we deserve to thrive in our lives. We deserve to feel like we enjoy our days. Most of them, you're never going to be like happy all the time. That's not a human characteristic, but mainly enjoying them and going through your days being able to enjoy the practice of medicine if you're still in medicine 
being able to enjoy the time with your kids, enjoy interactions with your partner, enjoy friends, enjoy time alone, and feel that you have some of that balance that we so often talk about, but that it's done in a manageable way where you can continue it. And that's thriving in your life. So I designed Thrive Academy for physicians because I wanted to focus on the positive side of weight loss, meaning let's do it differently, as well as let's create change in our lives. Because especially post-pandemic, so many of us are struggling. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't feel like it's gotten better on what the medical systems are like right now. There's still a lot of challenges that have come up post-pandemic. And as physicians, it's very easy to get pulled down by that. But there are things we can do to help ourselves thrive, even when the system is not working around us. And so, like I said, it's been a year now that I've been doing Thrive Academy for Physicians, and I really do love it. It's such a more powerful way of approaching weight loss. It's such a more positive way of creating change in your life. And when it is positive, and it's easy, and it fits into your life, it's sustainable. And when you can do all that while talking kindly to yourself, which is something we work a lot on, it's a huge difference, a huge difference. If you are interested in learning more and checking out and seeing, is Thrive Academy a right fit for you? I am offering these free consultations. So head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash consult and request a consultation. There's no obligation. This is your opportunity so we can actually talk about your challenges and see if it's a right fit for you. I promise that I will tell you if I think I can help you. And I also will tell you if I don't think it's the right fit. So that's weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash consult. All right, let's talk about strengths and weaknesses. Think about, in average, in your day, where do you spend time focusing? More on the strengths that you have or more on your perceived weaknesses? And why? In general, in North America, we focus on our weaknesses. We focus on what needs to improve. We don't spend as much time focusing on the areas where we think we're doing really well. We shift our brain to, okay, what needs to improve? What needs to change? It's like the weaknesses jump out at us. I was thinking about it when I was getting this podcast episode ready to record is it's like the weaknesses, the areas where we think we're just not quite measuring up are easier to create a story around that sounds factual. So it's easy to tell yourself a story of, oh yeah, I still have to work on that. I'm not quite doing that well enough than it is to tell yourself a story of like, wow, I'm killing it over there. I'm doing so well. I can't believe how much improvement I've had in that area. And that's just, I think, cultural, how we've been taught to talk to ourselves about ourselves and to stay humble and avoid getting too full of ourselves, too big for our britches, right? It's easier to think about the weaknesses. And it sometimes can sound like problem solving to you, right? It can sound like it's a positive thing you're doing where you're looking at your weaknesses and figuring out how to get better. But what's the issue with this? Number one, I think the biggest issue is it really makes you feel like you're always coming up short. You're always not quite making the grade. There's always room for improvement, which there is in everybody. So always room for improvement. But if the only conversations you have with yourself is about how there's room for improvement or worse, right? Like you might actually say worse things to yourself than that. It's a drain. It pulls you down and it can start to feel like you're never making progress. Because while you're talking to yourself about how you have to improve over here, you're highly unlikely to be noticing the small areas where you've already improved. 
in general, it's more of a blanket statement of still not doing that well enough. Whereas within that, there may be a lot of things you are doing better than you once did that you are making progress in, but the focusing on the weakness really functions as a blanket where it kind of covers all of that up. And often I kind of talked about this is we often talk to ourselves in pretty nasty ways about our weaknesses. We say stuff to ourselves that we would never consider saying to another human being, definitely would not say to somebody we care about or even to a patient. If we heard people we care about talking about themselves in that way, we would probably suggest that's pretty rough. Are you being so hard on yourself? There's this element when we're focusing on weakness that it builds into the lack of self-compassion that we tend to carry as physicians. And again, because it feels like you're just stating the facts and you're just problem solving, it starts to feel like that's the way it is. You're reporting the news to yourself about how bad you are at this particular thing, this particular area. What's the power of focusing on strengths? This is interesting is often it feels a little uncomfortable when I'm talking to physicians about changing from focusing on weaknesses to focusing on strengths. It often feels uncomfortable to them where it feels like something might go wrong if you were to start doing that. But that's not true. When you start focusing on your strengths, you're honoring the work you have already been doing. Like I said, in the other version, that little bit of progress gets covered up and you may not see it. You may not notice it. When you really intentionally start trying to focus on strengths, you'll start to see those little bits of progress. You'll start to acknowledge them more. When you focus on strengths, what you're focusing on is building on what's already working. So if you picture trying to roll a giant boulder that's sitting still, so that would be like if you had a giant boulder labeled going through a fast food drive through after work which is something that I've definitely dealt with and it's come up a few times inside Thrive Academy lately. And you're just focusing on the weakness side of like, I keep doing this. Why do I keep doing this? And you're trying to move this giant boulder. There's no momentum behind it. There's a lot of inertia. You're going to have to exert a lot of work to create that change. Versus if you're focusing on aspects that are already working, you can view it like the boulder's already rolling. And you're just adding a little extra push to it. So you're building on the momentum that's already there. That's why focusing on strengths can create more change with less effort because you're building on momentum that you already have. You're building on what's already working rather than trying to fix something that's not working at all or that you perceive is not working at all. Focusing on strengths changes your internal dialogue, which then changes your experience. And that's really important. How you experience your weight loss journey. I think plays a really big role into how sustainable it is. If your weight loss journey feels horrible and you always feel like you're failing, you're going to be far less likely to stick with it than if you're able to be like, okay, I'm not perfect, but look how far I've come. Look at how much change I'm creating. If you can change your experience where the experience feels more positive, where the experience feels like change is happening, even when say the scale isn't moving, but you're able to look and be like, yeah, but look at how much change I'm making and how I've been eating and how different it feels. That really will help with sustainability. What if you don't feel like you have strengths in your weight loss? I thought this would be a good question to answer because I think there's a lot of us that are like, again, it's that giant blanket of I suck at weight loss. And we just put that blanket over everything and we feel like there's no strengths. And just imagine what that's like moving forward. If you're trying to fix this thing that you've blanketed with this, like, I have no strengths in this area, 
it's just all a big pit of weaknesses. <laughs> and I laugh just because, again, I've totally been there. I've totally done that. And it's not effective. It is not easy to manage when it's just this big blanketed thing of there is no strength here. The reality is, if you look at the average day, even a day where you feel like you ate a lot and maybe you felt really out of control with your eating, you still did not eat every opportunity that food was in your environment. If you look at that day, there will be times where you could have eaten, you could have sought out food and you chose not to. That indicates a strength. No matter how small you feel it is, I think we need to be careful on judging it, but it indicates a time where something worked, where you could have sought out more food and you didn't. I'm speaking from the standpoint of if you really struggle with feeling out of control with your food, sometimes on a day where you end up in the evening and you end up overeating or maybe having a binge eat or just maybe eating a bunch of crap that you didn't plan on eating. Again, if you focus just on that, focusing on the weakness, you may miss out that the day itself actually went pretty well and that maybe there's a bunch of different changes you'd made during that day that went better than they usually do. And if you started focusing on them, you may have more benefit. You may get more momentum. There's a saying of where you focus is where you go or what you focus on grows is another saying I've heard. I don't know who said them, so I can't quote it. But what you put your attention on is what gets amplified. And so if we focus and put our attention on the things that are actually working well, no matter how small you think they might be, we're going to amplify those. If we spend time focusing and looking at where we think we're not doing well enough, we're going to amplify that. And in your long-term weight loss, if we're thinking about sustainable weight loss that feels good, which one do you think is going to be more effective for you? It's probably going to be focusing on your strengths and taking the time to look for them, even if you feel that they aren't there. And by the way, you get to label anything you want as a strength. There's no definition that you have to follow. There's no diagnostic criteria for what makes something a strength. You get to label it and be like, I'm going to decide that that's a strength. Today, I'm going to focus on that being a strength that I'm doing well, and I'm going to focus on doing more of that. Just notice how that feels different, how that could really change how your day feels. So how do you focus more on your strengths? Number one is I think, It is normal that your brain will keep going back to the weakness because we've spent more time over there. It's like a habit. It's going to keep getting pulled back there. And that's totally fine. When you notice you're over on the weakness side, focusing on it, you don't have to beat yourself up about it. You do not have to make yourself mean that you've done something wrong. It just means that your brain went back to where it's used to focusing. No big deal. When you catch that, just intentionally bring it back and be like, yeah, but what's something that's going well? Where's something that I've shown some strength or some progress? What's a change that I've made today that I may not have had last week or last month? It's about giving it equal space in your brain, where if your brain defaults over to the weakness, you try to give it as much focus on the strength intentionally. So you redirect it back over to the strengths. There is no police in this area. Like I said, there's no diagnostic criteria. Nor is there anybody that can say, oh, you're focusing too much on your strengths. You're talking too nicely to yourself about that. And I think sometimes this might be what holds us back is we're like, well, am I allowed to talk nicely to myself about my eating when I still have this weight on my body, right? And that's just diet culture that's in our minds. But yes, you are allowed to talk nicely to yourself about eating. You are allowed to look for the areas that are working well for you 
that are strengths, regardless of what your body looks like, regardless of what your weight is, how much weight you think you should lose, what you're eating looked like other parts of the day. There is no qualifier here that says you cannot focus on your strengths. And you can hear I get a little excited about that because I think we have these beliefs that we are only allowed to talk nicely to ourselves in weight loss and in other areas of our life in certain situations. And it's just not true. Focus on finding those strengths. Focus on honoring the strengths. Look for ways to amplify those strengths and see what happens in the rest of your life. See what happens to some of those perceived weaknesses when you're focusing on amplifying your strengths. I bet they will change. All right. Have a fantastic day, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.